Thank you for downloading the South Everett Foursquare podcast. This is Pastor Chris Pepler, and you've joined us for our seven I Am Statements of Jesus found in the Gospel of John. You're free to join us in person any Sunday at 10.30 a.m. at the Village on Casino Road. Also feel free to check us out at our website, southeverett.org. Enjoy today's podcast. In line with this series that we're walking through, the seven I am statements of Jesus, the thing that we're thinking through and processing in our own relationship with Jesus is what does it mean to understand who we are and what we're called to do? So identity and purpose. So when we know who we are, we know what to do in light of who we are. And so last week, Patricia came up to me at the end of our gathering, most everyone had left, and she just said, you know, I've been thinking about this. When I moved into the Bluffs, it was not connected to this church uh, until Lorraine invited Patricia to be a part of this church in the springtime. Uh, she said, I was fixing to leave and move somewhere else because um, it's difficult some nights to live where I live. And last week she came up to me and just said, you know what? God's been speaking to me about my identity and my purpose. And I feel like he has purposed me in the season to live more intentionally at the bluffs to love and care for children and people around me. That's a calling of a missionary. Give the Lord a hand for that. That's, that's the kind of calling we can all receive. It's a calling to go or a calling to stay and just be where we are, different because of the empowered hope of Jesus. And right here, we have our missionaries uh, to the bluffs, and they live in the bluffs. They are modeling what Jesus says when the word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood, thank you, Eugene Peterson, for that reflection. When the word became flesh, John 1.14, and the paraphrase the message, it says that the word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. And so you are empowered, Holy Spirit-empowered missionaries to the bluffs, and thank you for your courage. I pray for you. I pray for you daily this week that the Lord would give you greater insight into what it means to be a missionary in that community in this season, and that you would, uh, the Lord would bear much fruit through your life. Um, about the Bluffs, when I first moved there three years ago, it was a very scary thing. The people were getting shot in that time. And um, there was teenagers hanging around there, and um, I live right over the, the common area, and uh, all of a sudden, all of them left. I don't know if they you know, moved or what, but there's new people coming in, and they're families with small kids, and uh, it's more of a, a community, and we're looking out for each other now. And um, there was one family that just moved in downstairs from me, and they were living in one of the apartments that was uh, was destroyed, well, damaged by the fire that we had in April. So they moved down there and all of a sudden everybody with small children are gathering downstairs with them, but they're inviting me and they're all looking out for each other and it was it's such a wonderful community now and uh, it's been happening like maybe about two weeks now, but I wow. can see the difference. And a lot of those kids that are coming there are ones that are in the children's mission, uh, the children's... CR camp. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so I can see a lot of difference in, in, uh, in our community. And 
there's people that I talk to, like I go to the senior center, and uh, they say, oh, the bluffs, you live in the bluffs, you live on Casino Road, oh, it's a terrible place, you know, and they look at me like, you're still alive, you know? <laughs> and, and so I would, uh, one person uh, drives me home, and uh, she wasn't, she was afraid to come in there, but I said, look, you can drive me home and I can show you that it's a community. Come on. Thank you. Well, Lord Jesus, we just thank you for Patricia. We thank you for Lorraine. Uh, we thank you for Kim, who joins us at times, Lord, and just the way that you are working in them and through them to be the light, the hope of Jesus in our neighborhood most closely associated with this community center. God, we pray the infilling power of your Holy Spirit to be released in them, that we might see signs and wonders and reasons to point to you as our King. Lord, we wait with great anticipation, just imagining what it is that you will do next through these incredible women. Lord, empower them, fill them, give them courage, vision, wisdom, hope, life, and peace in the name of Jesus. We send them in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. All right, let's give the Lord a hand. He's awesome. I think our, our kids, Danielle, is that right? And youth are staying here. Kids are going with Danielle. All right, so kids, if you want to follow Danielle, thanks for hanging out with us. You get to hang out with Danielle. That's so fun. I don't know if you guys have a seat. That's great. Um, all right, so uh, this will lead immediately into my introduction of the other licensed pastor in this fellowship, who is Lauren Ocatero. Uh, grew up as a part of Mill Creek Foursquare, and then spent a time serving as the children's pastor with Sandwood Foursquare. And then two years ago, right about this time, the Lord just tapped her heart and said that that season was concluding and that we would just be gifted with this incredible leader, this passionate under-shepherd of Jesus, um, which has been remarkable growing with her. Uh, she is just a generation right younger than me and understands what's going on culturally in a lot of ways and helps me and aids me in the, in the guiding of those processes. And she's just genuine, true and true through her core. She is who she says she is, um, is gritty, she's tenacious, um, loves Jesus, loves the word, loves people, and is engaged to be married to Ivan. They're getting married on November 12th, and so she's got a lot going on, and that includes sharing with us this morning. So, Lauren, would you come and share the word of God with us? We thank God for you. Um, well, good morning, church. Yeah, it's good to be with you. So, everybody's going to get an index card and a pen. You might already have a pen. If you do, then you don't have to get one of the janky ones I found in the bottom of my desk. Um, but everyone will get one of those. And your task today, you're going to write one or two things on the index card. Okay? You're going to write something that an encouragement that you hear that the Lord points out to you. When I was praying over this this week, we talk about Jesus being a good shepherd. If you've been in church for any length of time, you've probably heard that language. But sometimes when we go back to the basics of who God is and who we are, it's important to be listening for the new things that God is revealing to us. So I want you to write down on your index cards an encouragement that you hear this morning and a challenge that you hear this morning. And then you're going to take that card. I'm going to put mine in the dashboard of my car so I see it. Maybe you like tuck it in your mirror. Maybe stick it to your fridge. Put it somewhere you can see it. 
So we've been talking about the seven I am statements that Jesus makes in the book of John. Last week, we talked about when Jesus says, I am the gate. He's talking about the gate to a sheep pen. It's all in the same chapter. Chris Norby did an incredible job of not taking all of my material. And so we talked about I am the gate. The, one of the most important things about this series is, is that I am because I am. It's, it's the idea that, that because of who Jesus is, because of who God is, because God is I am, we are. Our identity lies in who God is. So that's what we're looking at today. We're going to look at who God is, who we are because of it, and what we do about it. Now, I don't know about y'all, but I'm country adjacent. What that means is my dad grew up on a farm. So, like, I've never been very close to a sheep or whatever, but I've heard all the stories. I know many of the country songs. That's about, I've sat on a tractor before, but uh, that's about as close as I get. Um, And so, if you're like me, then you might not know really, like, what the job description of a shepherd is, other than maybe what you've experienced in church. But whenever I think of a shepherd, I think of this video. I saw it in a sermon years ago um, of this shepherd. Now, what's happening in this video is that there's people trying, there's a group of sheep, and there's random people trying to imitate the shepherd's call to get the sheep to come to them. But like, why are you calling me? <laughs> My favorite part is when everybody else tries and they're like, dang. And then the shepherd goes up in the first like little rendition of his call. One of the sheep sticks his head right up and he's like, what is going on? Uh, um, but the shepherd, the, the sheep only responded to the shepherd's voice. Like, did not even raise a head for these other people yelling. Um, they, the only response that they had was to the shepherd's voice, which I think is pretty cool. For a person who doesn't hang out with sheep, it, it gives a good, a, a good picture of what that relationship between shepherd and sheep looks like um, in comparison to like a random stranger. So we're going to read. It's, we're in John 10, 11 through 18. Um, I am the good shepherd. Oh, this is Jesus talking to the Pharisees. For context. (laughs) Um, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays his life down for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away, which seems like a fair response to me. (laughs) Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he has a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. That's the second time he said that. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my Father loves me is that I lay down my life, only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have the authority to lay it down, and the authority to take it up again, this command I received from my father. When we look at a good shepherd, 
this passage shows us a couple of things that characterize the good shepherd, right? If Jesus is the good shepherd, as he's claiming, uh, a good shepherd knows his sheep, right? He talks about that. He says, I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Earlier in the passage in John 10, 2, he says, um, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. They will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. The sheep know him as well. They, they know the shepherd's voice. That's going to be important for later. A good shepherd also cares for his sheep. This happens in several ways. A good shepherd protects his sheep, right? When he's talking about that hired man, which I, I just picture like this teenager that got hired to watch the sheep for a day. If, if a wolf comes up, in this context, the, the thing that separated the wolf from its dinner, the sheep, was the shepherd. And if you were the hired hand, I also would run. I'm not gonna fight a wolf. But the hired hand, he, it's not his sheep, so they run, right? But a good shepherd cares about their sheep. It's their sheep. So that shepherd is willing to do whatever it takes in order to protect those sheep from the predator. We see this in 1 Kings. We know another shepherd. His name is David. When he is about to fight Goliath, he's telling King Saul about how he grabbed a lion and a bear by the hair and struck them and killed them. David is not afraid of a predator. He's a good shepherd. He fought the predators to protect his sheep. Um, so a good, pre- a good shepherd, he protects his sheep. He provides for his sheep. Um, I have Psalm 23 in here too. Um, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Um, if that doesn't speak to provision, I don't know what is. Um, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. Um, the, the good shepherd, he takes good care of his sheep. He provides for what they need so that they lack nothing. Um, and thirdly, a good shepherd pursues his sheep. Um, we see in 1016, he talks about how there are sheep outside of the sheep pen um, that he needs to bring. Um, you also might be familiar with the passage in Luke 15 where he talks, where Jesus tells a parable about the lost sheep that you have 99 but one is lost, that he would go and find the lost sheep and bring them back. A good shepherd pursues his sheep in caring for them. Okay? Um, the biggest and most important piece of being a shepherd is a good shepherd lays himself down for the sake of his sheep. Jesus says it twice. Um, we see it in the beginning and at the end of that passage. Um, specifically in 11 through 13, he says, the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not, is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep, and so he will run away. But a good shepherd, I am the good shepherd, I know the sheep and they know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. It's part of the job description. A good shepherd is not, his care is not for himself in this situation. His care is for the care of the sheep. And so he's willing to lay himself down to fight the predator 
in order to save the sheep. Jesus, as we know, took this very literally. Um, and he laid his life down for the sake of us on the cross. I think that um, is something that sometimes we hear in church over and over, and it's easy to kind of become numb to. But Jesus, when he died on the cross, what he did was that he paid for the sin that kept us from access to God, from full access to God. So in his sacrifice, we, as the sheep we are, um, were given access to God and to his power and to relationship, which was what we were made for originally. If there's one thing that a good shepherd does, it's lay himself down for the sake of his sheep. So if a good shepherd knows his sheep, cares for his sheep, and lays himself down for his sheep, and Jesus is that good shepherd, what does that mean for us? It, because Jesus is the good shepherd, I am intimately known and heard by him. You are known and heard by him. This goes both ways. Um, the sheep, he knows his sheep, but his sheep also know him. They hear his voice. Later in this conversation in John 10, um, the Pharise- uh, Jesus tells the Pharisees that they do not hear his voice. So they're not his sheep. Um, so the, the question is, do we know his voice? Do we know the voice of the Lord? Um, just like those sheep in our video. Um, and to be known is a really intimate thing, right? To be fully known as a person, there's not that many people in your life that do fully know you, right? Um, but Jesus as the good shepherd, he fully knows us. Um, and without judgment, the, sh- the shepherd doesn't have, uh, the shepherd doesn't have judgment for the sheep that have got weird spots or um, their coat is kind of wonky or they have an injury. The shepherd cares for all of his sheep. And Jesus, while he knows the parts of us, he knows our sin, he intimately knows us and cares for us regardless. Um, Because Jesus is the good shepherd, I am secure and safe in his care. Um, This means that we are protected like those sheep. We are provided for and we are pursued when we are lost. Protected, provided for, and pursued. And also because Jesus is the good shepherd, I have access to the Lord and his power. Amen. We now have the power to cast off our old lives, the sin, all of those things, and live in a life and freedom that was intended for us. We now have access to the Lord who made us, to know who we are because we get to get to know who he is. We get to live in a life and freedom that is intended for us. And we have access to his power, which is where the next bit comes from. So because Jesus is the good shepherd and because we are known, we are safe and secure in his care and we have access to the Lord and his power, what we can now allow ourselves to be known and seek others deeply. Um, we can be vulnerable with the Lord primarily and then with the people around us. I don't know about you guys, but that's the hardest one for me. 
it's hard to allow yourself to be known, both with our Savior and with the people around us. And it also means that we can give of our own energy and time to seek to know others. Both of those pieces are true. If we're in this process of sanctification, becoming more and more like Jesus, right? And Jesus knows his sheep. Then we can be known and we can get to know others. Spend our time and energy doing so. We also can now give and receive of the care of our Savior and his people. Um, We can now accept grace and care and service from others when we need it. We don't have to do this alone. We can be in community, be a part of the sheep in the pen. Um, And we can give of our time and resource in order to care for others. So some people fall on one side or the other of the spectrum. Some people fall on the side of, oh yeah, I'll give all my time and resource to care for others, 10 out of 10, down. But this other side of allowing other people to care for them, that's hard to do. I'm, I'm in that end of the spectrum. There's another end of the spectrum where it's okay to receive help or to kind of um, accept the care of others, but it's hard to extend our own resource to others because we're just wanting to make sure that we're good to go. And it's not a selfish thing. It's just a, it's just a different end of the spectrum. Both have their strengths and weaknesses. If we never accept help from other people, we don't get to see the glory of God in that. We don't get to allow others to serve us in the way that God is calling them to. In the same way, if we're protective of our time and resource and heart and energy, then we don't get to be a part of that serving of other people. So there's weakness on both sides. But God calls us to both places. Um, Because Jesus is the good shepherd, and then that means that we have access to the Lord and his power, we can now lay down our own lives, our own plans, our own thoughts and ideas, in order to live the life that God is calling us to. That might mean laying down our comfort, laying down um, what's convenient. It might mean laying down your actual life. It means laying down what we think is right and spending time in the word and seeking the Lord as to what his plan is. Because of who Jesus is, we can now lay down our own lives for the life Jesus is calling me to. That one is the hard one for me. If I was going to put one on my card, that would be the one. Um, Laying down my comfort and my convenience, that's a hard thing to do. Um, Two weeks ago, I fell roller skating and bruised my tailbone. And let me tell you, there's not a lot of comfort. There's not a lot of convenience when you're, I sprained my wrist too. I can't like turn the key in my lock. This physical ailment has reminded me like how many things it is that are comfortable and convenient and I've set up my life in such a way that I I can manage my time and and do all the things that I want to do but how often do I sit and think about the ways that I can give what I have linking back to what Chris said earlier what do we have to give maybe it would be uncomfortable 
to talk to a coworker about our faith or to encourage them. Maybe it would be inconvenient to stop and talk to the person with a sign on the road. But the Lord does call us to do these things. He laid down his life for us. He gave the ultimate sacrifice. What can we give with what we have right now? This is a, these are not easy things. <laughs> to, to allow yourself to be known, to be vulnerable, to give of your time and energy to know others, to give and receive the care of our Savior from him and from people around us. And to lay down our own lives and convenience is not an easy thing to do. But the shepherd did hard things, like a good shepherd does. And so um, as we go into this week, be encouraged that um, we are following the best example, that Jesus is the one who has done it first. And we don't have to do it perfectly, but to seek the Lord more than we have Yesterday is the goal. Jesus, thank you for this morning, Lord. Thank you for um, your word, Lord, where you give us statements of who you are, God. You tell us exactly who you are, Jesus. You tell us that you are a good shepherd, that you care about us, that you're willing to lay your life down for us, and then you did it, Jesus. We could not live this life in a way that we couldn't live this life without your sacrifice, Jesus, without your grace, without your peace and your love um, and the way that you give us your power so that we can love the people around us, Jesus, we couldn't do it without you. Thank you for being our good shepherd. God, would you help us to have eyes as shepherds have eyes for their sheep, Lord, would we have eyes for the people around us? And Lord, would you put one thing on our hearts, Lord, one thing, one person, one place where we could grow this week. Whether that's in being vulnerable, Jesus, or whether that's in um, extending care to others, Lord, or giving up something that's comfortable or convenient in order to do one of those things, Jesus. Um, Would you speak to us today Um, and then help us to walk in that through this week? Lord, would you continue to speak to us? Lord, we love you. In your name, amen. 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 Amen.